Retirees face two obstacles regarding inflation. Rising prices put stress on fixed income and investing in a retirement plan to keep up with the higher cost of living. On today's show, some strategies that can help you avoid the pain. Welcome in to The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. This is the show where we blow the whistle on financial fouls. Steve is a best-selling author, Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. He's president and founder of Laurel Wealth Solutions. He is a highly sought-after speaker to teach other advisors how to do what we're doing. And uh, hi, Steve. How are you? Hi. How are you doing, Steve? Very, very well, thanks. And, and uh, you know, this segment pretty much is as topical as it can be, right? I mean, we're all talking about, um, you know, the pain, so to speak. Um, inflation is a problem, obviously, and um, investing becomes questionable. So h- how do we how do we deal with that, Steve? I mean, we haven't seen this in, in 40 years. For a lot of people, that they've never seen this. Yeah, no, it's it's very scary. I mean, if you're listening to me in your car, you probably have a meter rolling in your head about thinking how much you're spending on gas as the car moves. Um, yes. No, and you know, gas is obviously one area where we've seen a lot of inflation, but inflation is is high across the board. And you know, early on in 2021, the the Federal Reserve kept saying, "Oh, this is a temporary thing because of you know COVID and the supply chain disruptions." And now they're they quickly have come to the realization that it's not. And so now with the um, you're seeing with the their plan to aggressively hike rates that uh, the Fed is a lot is very much concerned about inflation as well. So I don't think inflation is going to stay at seven or eight percent, but it's probably going to settle back into the high twos, low threes. And so you start by building, obviously, an inflation rate into your annual spending budget. Now, you might think to yourself, well, if I'm retired, I'm not going to be spending as much because I'm not going to be commuting as much. And we just talked about gas, but you spend more on medicine and insurance premiums as you age. And those inflate even faster than, than oil and gas, believe it or not. And so um, as a retiree, you're, you're naturally going to experience higher inflation. So if you're not planning for inflation being at at least in the threes uh, over the course of your retirement, um, then you're really doing yourself a disservice. Now I, you could, you could do a varied inflation rate and factor in, you know, five or 6% inflation for this year. Uh, but I, I do think that when we look at the long term, inflation is going to trend back down towards its long term historical average, which since World War II, inflation has averaged 3.42%. So I think that's, that's probably a good place to, to start. And um, your expenses in retirement might barbell. So early on in retirement, your expenses might go up with the rate of inflation, maybe even faster. But then as you get into your late seventies and and early eighties, your expenses kind of flatten out because you're not, you've done most of the aspirational stuff at at that point. And what you're, what you're doing is staying at home more. Maybe you have grandkids coming to visit um, things of that nature. And you're not traveling as much because quite frankly, it's uh, it's kind of a pain to travel, right? Because at that point you probably have one of those days of the week pill boxes and you might have to bring, um, a walker or rent one of those carts, um, those, you know, scooters. Sure. So, um, it, it becomes less enjoyable to, to retire, to, to travel at that stage in your retirement and you're spending sometimes levels off. Then it spikes again at the end because of 
healthcare costs. Healthcare, sure. 800-705-9995. That's the number that can get you started. And, and so we're talking about, you know, the inflation and how do we adjust for that? And But Steve, I, I understand. I mean, I know that when you put a plan together, and this is not something new, you have included inflation all along the way. I mean, you've always put it there. Yeah, no, and and people used to say, oh, I think you're you're over projecting inflation because for years it was one or two percent, and I said things tend to revert back to their long term historical average. So if we have a, a a twenty or forty year period where inflation is really low, there's going to be a period where it's higher. And the perfect example of that is we had between one and two percent inflation between 1948 and 1968, and then we had seven and a half percent inflation in the 70s. Now. I don't think we're getting to seven and a half percent for a decade. I mean, I think this is going to be more like a a year or maybe a year and a half mm-hmm. that we're going to experience this kind of inflation. But nonetheless, it is prudent to um, to plan for the higher inflation. And you're not. What's different now is that in the '70s you had seven and a half percent inflation, but you were getting fourteen percent on bonds. Now you're getting you know, one or 2% on bonds. And as interest rates go up, the bond prices are going to go down. So what you, you know, I would implore you to call if you, if you're sitting on a portfolio of bonds and you think that's going to secure your retirement income, um, I would definitely implore you to call and uh, sit down with us because bonds are not the right place to be right now. And there, there's going to be a lot of pain in the bond market in the, in the, in the probably next, uh, 12 to 18 months. 800-705-9995, folks. That's the number you can call to get a, to get things rolling. And, you know, when you talk about bonds and, you know, as interest rates rise and, you know, they're, I mean, they've already upped it once. They're saying it could be another five or six times this year. I mean, I mean, the bond prices are already low. I mean, what's that going to do? Yeah, no, I mean, so it's going to really damage uh, the principal value of your bonds it, because you you've locked in these low interest rates as rates rise, and the easiest way to explain this is to just kind of think logically, right? So, mm-hmm, sure. If I borrowed uh, if I borrowed money from you, Steve, at two percent, okay, okay, and you could go out with your money right now and lend it to someone at four percent, would someone pay you for my two percent loan more or less? Of course, they're going to pay you less because they could go out with their, they could go out and lend money at four percent. Why would they pay more for your for your loan at 2%. Right. And so that's why bond prices go down as interest rates go up. And so there are some things out there like treasury inflation protected securities or um, I bonds. So with I bonds, you could do um, $10,000 electronically and $5,000 in paper. So you could do up to $15,000 a year of I bonds. And those are going to get you because those factor in um, inflation, those are going to have about a 7% plus yield. Um, so if you're sitting in the bank at a 10th of a percent, uh, it might make sense to take and move 10 or $15,000 into I bonds, or, or if you're a married couple, you could do, uh, you could do it for each of you. Okay. Wow. That's sounds. And so I bonds, is that a relatively new thing or has that been around a long time? Is that something that you use a lot? Uh, it's been around a while. It's, um, it's gaining popularity because, uh, you know, the yields were never like this before, but sure. now, um, you know, now that it is, uh, it's, it's not going to make, if you're keeping, you know, a hundred thousand dollars liquid, it's not going to make a, 
a huge difference on your overall yield. But if you have twenty five, thirty thousand dollars liquid and you're able to put away fifteen of it and get you know, a higher interest rate, that, that, that makes a big difference on the overall yield. Absolutely. Well, I tell you what, Steve, let's go ahead and take a quick break here and uh, invite folks to call. Come on in, take advantage of your offer today. Yeah, no, absolutely. We would love to sit down with you. And if you're, if you're feeling nervous about inflation, I, I, you know, I implore you to call. We, we uh, offer 15 free spots every week to our listeners, and we'll put together a comprehensive uh, roadmap for you, a, a retirement distribution plan that's going to show you where you are and where 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 you need to be and what are the things that you need to do to get there. That sounds great, folks. And again, it's just like he said, a retirement distribution roadmap, if you will. Um, let Steve put that together for you. Take things that are complicated. I mean, whether it's the bond market or whether it's insurance, I mean, there's a lot of complications out there that Steve understands. He can smooth it out for you, make it pretty easy to understand. It's your chance to get a true practical financial review. And if you're listening, give us a call, 800 705 you heard, Steve, the next 15 callers are going to receive that comprehensive financial review showing you where you are right now. But more importantly, you walk out with that roadmap that we talk about that can help guide you and get you to where you need to be when it comes to retirement. 800-705-9995. 800-705-9995. Shifting gears from saving for retirement to spending in retirement can be a difficult adjustment. Good news, one of my many specialties is helping people do just that. Details when we come right back. We are back on The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Of course, uh, Steve has been helping folks get to and through retirement for more than 20 years. He is a fiduciary. He is independent um, and is able to really kind of cut through the noise out there, Steve. That's one of the things I like about what you do is, you know, you, you take things, you take the emotion out of it, you take and, and you just look at it, like you said, with good common sense. I like that. Right. No. And that I talk about this in my book and, and, you know, it's something that I think is important. You have to always look at it from a kind of a common sense perspective and look at also what the person's angle is, right? So our planning is always going to be product agnostic. So if we tell you there's a certain type of investment for you, it's not because we're being compensated more to sell that product or another product. It's, we're going to show you why that product makes sense for you. And it's, you're going to walk out of there understanding why you, if you ended up purchasing that product, that you're going to end up understanding why you own it, and you can explain it to something like your kids if they ask you questions about sure. it. Sure, and you understand what what it does in your portfolio, and, and I- so um, that's kind of a big deal because a lot of times we tend to deal with people that we meet through different, you know, maybe a, a friend from college became a an insurance agent, and we buy a, a a whole life policy, or maybe we have a friend that we golf with that. Um, you know, sold us some mutual funds and we don't know how they work together or even if they're the right products. And that's what putting together a plan really shows you. Here's, here's where that, that policy that you have fits into your plan, or maybe that maybe it doesn't fit at all. And here's why. And so it's completely uh, objective advice. Sure. And one of the things that we're talking about in this segment is that that transition. And I know that's your sweet spot. That's where you like to work. That transition from the acquisition to the distribution preservation of our retirement savings. And when we we spend our careers saving, 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 and it's a 
bit of an adjustment, sometimes a big adjustment to go from that saving to, okay, now I got to spend this money? Really? Are you sure? Can I do that? Uh, the, the mental side of this thing is a big deal, isn't it? It, it is. And that's why I, I start off my book talking about that. So the, the very first section of my book, that's what I talk about, because we all enter retirement one of three ways, right? Either we enter it on our own terms, meaning we, we decide it's time to retire. Someone else tells us it's time to, to retire, like we get laid off or lose our job. Or God tells us it's time to retire because we physically can't do it anymore. Um, so how you enter retirement can have an effect on your, your mental state in retirement. And if you didn't enter retirement on your own volition, the sooner you get to a place where you're mentally preparing for the reality that's in front of you, you can make your your retirement rewarding no matter how, how you enter retirement. So it's important to get that right frame of mind. And what doing a plan does is it at least gives you either the good news or the bad news, right? So, and if it is bad news, then it, it will show you, all right, well, it's bad, but if you do this, this, and this, you can get to where you want to be. And the time to do that is, you know, probably before you retire. But even if you just retired or you, ha you haven't done this planning and you've been retired for a couple of months, it's never a bad time to do the planning. It's ideal to do it probably within the three-year window of when you're going to retire. But I mean, it, you can do it at any time. It's still going to be helpful. Sure. And, uh, you know, that behavioral finance is, is a world that I'm fascinated by. And, and the fact that, that you can walk people through that is a, it, it, that really is an important piece of the puzzle. And, and you talked about the budget. People don't want to talk about a budget, but I'll tell you what, we've got to know what we're spending and we've got to know how to maintain the lifestyle that we want to maintain. Right. And some people are better than others at, at maintaining a budget. You don't want to restrict your lifestyle in retirement, but at the same time, you also want to make sure that there's still going to be money there if you, you also don't want to outlive your money, right? So right. it's a balancing act. And um, so I had just uh, two weeks ago, I had a, a client who's been with me for 22 years um, pass away and she was a master of keeping a budget and she very, you know, we had the same amount of money coming in. Uh, every month we would adjust it once a year for inflation. And she very seldom needed money for other things because she knew what her lifestyle was costing her. She kept track of it. She was very organized. Um, and then what she would do is that on times when she did have like an extra trip or another thing that she wanted to do, she would say, hey, how does it impact me if I take out 15,000 extra or if I take out 20,000 extra? And that's the kind of relationship you want to have with your advisor, someone who who can make changes to your plan on the ground when the facts change. So you're making decisions based on real-time data. That's what budgeting looks like. And it's helpful to have kind of a guide or someone to bounce your spending ideas on because you don't know how, you're, how long you're gonna live. Now, obviously we had planned on her living longer than she did, but she didn't deprive herself of anything that she wanted to do. Okay. I like that. And, and, you know, that's the beauty of working with an independent fiduciary advisor with a lot of experience. You know, you tick off all the boxes in my book. And that really, I think having that relationship that you can, like you said, you, you're making changes in real time if necessary. I, not, not all advisors can do that. No, and it's important that if you're, you're paying an advisor for knowledge, that they have some knowledge, that they have some experience, exactly. right? <laughs> and so there's a lot of people who are, uh, calling themselves retirement distribution experts that are, you know, fresh out of school and working in a bank branch, you know, their first job out of college. And, you know, 
they're they're going to basically still be selling you whatever whatever the higher ups at their bank are telling them to sell. And so that's why you really want to work with someone who's independent, who has experience, who's objective. And one of the things that happens as we get into retirement is, you know, we talk about maybe, you know, sorting things out, you know, moving and and simplifying our life. And and, and as a guy who just moved, um, I got rid of a ton of stuff and I'm a bit of a hoarder. So uh, but that that kind of thing also feels good. And that's that's something I'm thinking you would encourage us to do is to just, you know, uh, lighten the load. Yeah, no. And I mean, I encourage people to go out and get my book. I have a whole chapter on this in my book. Uh, and I talk about my dad because my dad is a probably one of the worst hoarders um, that you've ever that you've ever seen. Okay. And, you know, when he when it came time for them to downsize, he couldn't decide what to keep and what to throw out. And he, he ended up losing control of the whole process because he was saving a bunch of useless stuff. And then it came time for the closing and we just had to get the stuff out and throw it in a dumpster. And he to this day, he still kind of laments that, oh, I, I you know, I. I had to throw out this or that. I didn't bring it with me. It's like, well, yeah, you brought a, a horse feed bag that you're never going to use, but you left, you know, an antique. <laughs> so, right, of course. Yes. You know, because he, he lost control of the process. And so, um, and that's what disorganization does. And when you have too many things and you accumulate too much stuff, it becomes cumbersome. And a good purging of your things periodically is, it, it can be, can be, uh, can be helpful. Absolutely. And, and simplifying isn't just about your your stuff. It's also, I mean, you don't need to have 15 different accounts that do the same thing. Now, I see this less and less uh, with the baby boomer generation, but certainly the um, the depression era survivors, when at the beginning of my career, they would have 15 to 20 different savings accounts, and they would walk from bank to bank to see who had the highest rates, and they would have stock physical stock certificates. And that what that does is it makes it very, very cumbersome for your family when you actually pass on because they don't even know where you have what you have and um and where you have it. And so I have a whole chapter in my book where I talk about something that I created with my wife about 20 years ago called the When I Die folder. Okay. And basically, I have it in my drawer. My wife and my daughter know exactly where it is. It's a it's more of a binder than a folder, but it has it has every single account where it is, a copy of the will, uh, uh, you know, everything that you could think of that you need. Because in a crunch time event, you don't want to be scrambling to figure out where where that stuff is. That's so and smart. That's, these are the kind of common sense tips that we're going to give you in our planning. And we still have about uh, nine spots left, and we would love for you to call in and sit down with us. 800-705-9995. 800-705-9995. If you're wondering what's been happening to your retirement accounts amidst all the ups and downs recently... You're not alone, and it's the perfect time for a retirement planning checkup. That and more when we come right back. And we are back on The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. Steve is a best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. We've actually referenced that book several times today in this one show, Steve. That means that your book is jam-packed with some great information that folks can really get a hold of. And and so if we meet with you, you're going to have a book for them? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it, you know, I definitely will provide a book. At, okay. You know, once we do the plan, I can sure. give you a copy of the book. All right, well. fantastic. Uh, well, this is something that goes to what's going on. I mean, today when we're looking at the market, it's going up, it's going down, it's going sideways. Um, and uh, if we haven't looked at our retirement plan in a few years, well, it's time, and we need to talk about rebalancing. Steve, what the what does rebalancing mean? Yeah. So 
there's a bunch of different rebalancing. And so okay. I want to start off with one that a lot of people do uh, that I'm not a big fan of. And that's if in your 401k, you might have something called like financial engines where they're, they're basically, they're taking your 401k portfolio and they're rebalancing every month or every three months. And they're, they're reshifting um, your mix as you get older. They're making it typically more conservative and they're charging you for that, you don't a lot of, you don't see it, but it's usually a hidden fee in there that's usually about um, over four tenths of a percent extra. And the reality is, is you don't need to rebalance um, every month or every week or even every every three months. I mean, if you rebalance once once a year, uh, that can be good because that gives asset classes time to actually run. Um, because usually the period of outperformance is a little bit longer than a, a one month or a two month run. So, for example, large cap growth stocks have have outperformed pretty much every other asset class for the for a period of several years, and now large cap value uh, stocks are doing a little bit better. But had you been constantly rebalancing, you would have been missing out on additional growth that you you could get. So, rebalancing is good, but um, you want to do it in under the guidance of a financial advisor who's looking at your specific situation and your goals. Sure. And that's the important thing of, you know, working with an advisor like you, your independent fiduciary. Um, and one of the other things that we're doing, we're talking about taking a, a checkup of our retirement plan. And let's talk about Social Security, because that's a that's one of the biggest decisions you're going to make when heading into retirement, when to claim and how much are you going to get? How is that going to impact your retirement? Yeah, no. And the SSA.gov website, the social security website has gotten a lot better. Um, and if you haven't gone there and opened up your, my social security account, um, you should definitely do that. So they can, um, estimate what your future social security benefits are. And they'll actually show you at 62, at 63, at 64, at 65, all the way up to 70. And so obviously at 70, you have to start social security, but right. um, it, it really, it, it is really helpful. And it's when we put, when we put together a plan, one of the, the first documents we always ask for is a social security statement because it is for, and, and a, probably a pretty significant one for many retirees and, you know, timing that social security um, claiming is is a very important part of a retirement distribution plan. Well, and especially if it's a couple and there's a, any age difference at all, there's just a lot of strategies that you can put in place and not to mention a boatload of rules that, that you know, if you do it wrong, you, 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 you know, you, you don't have a chance to change it. Right. No. And I want to just bring up one thing because I had a review with a, a client uh, this, this week and they mentioned hearing something, not on my show, right. but on the radio saying, oh, you know, if if you really need money right now, but you don't think you're going to need it down the road, you could start Social Security and redeposit it within 12 months, which is true, right? Yep. But you have to redeposit everything they gave you. And remember, there's red tape involved in processing time. So typically, when you go to redeposit the money, it's going to take six to sometimes I've, I've heard as long as 12 weeks for them to process it. And guess what? If, if that six to 12 week period brings you over the 12 month uh, cusp, they're just gonna send you back a check for all the money that you just sent them. So um, <laughs> it's a hard and fast, it has to be processed by the end of the 12 months. Okay. So you can't just take your 12 payments and then, and then think, oh, I'm gonna write a check back for it in a year and I'm gonna treat it like a loan. Um, 
you know, I, I wanted to, I wanted to explain that because I don't know how many other people might've heard that, that same advice. That's yeah, not, that that's doesn't not seem right advice. to me. Yeah. yeah. No. And so, um, you know, if, if that's something that you were, you had heard somewhere and you're thinking about doing that, that's not a good idea. All right. The uh, folks, if you want to get a head start now, it's 800-705-9995. So let's talk about this one. You know, you've got to figure out when you're going to retire. How does that process begin? Is it a specific age? Is it a specific time? Um, are you tired of your job? I mean, these are all questions and, and all things that you have that discussion with people about. Yeah, no, absolutely. And if you're lucky enough to have a pension, and I, I, we talk about federal employees all the time on the show because sure. I do a lot of work with federal employees, um, you want to make sure you maximize that that pension benefit as well, right? So if you know you're going to get a raise, say, in October, um, and your your pension is based off of your last three years of earnings, it's probably better to wait until you get your raise, for example. Um, if, if your pension is got a different formula if you reach 62, which the federal government pension plan does, um, and you're going to get basically 10% higher uh, for waiting to 62, then why would you retire at 61 in six months if you could avoid it, right? So these are the little things that you want to um, look at that can make a big difference on your overall fitness to retire. Absolutely. And and uh, folks, if you want to know more about Steve and what he does and how he does it, visit the website. It's laurelws.com. Laurelws.com. It's a great website. Lots of great information there. And one of the other things that we have to do as we get ready for retirement and get ready to retire, despite what's going on in the world and in the market, because all of that influences, let's get rid of our debt. Let's make sure that yeah. that is gone. Consumer debt in particular. Yeah, no, absolutely. You do not want to retire with credit card debt. So, um, but even if you have seven or eight percent debt, like a you know, or if you have a, a an installment loan for twelve percent or thirteen percent, these are debts that are not good debts, and you want to get rid of them because what they're going to do is they're going to kind of strangle your retirement. Because when we're doing a retirement distribution plan, the money that you're distributing to live on, we want to keep at least your at least two to three years of your initial distributions in something that's safe and liquid. Well, if that money's in something that's safe and liquid, it by by its very definition is probably not earning you a lot of interest. And so if you're paying out 20% and your safe money's getting you 2%, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense to um to do that, to have, you know, it's gonna just draw, it's just gonna burn through your uh your cash a lot quicker. And number two, you know, if you're if you have a significant balance, now you have an extra monthly payment that you're spending on servicing a debt that could be spending, could be being spent on, um, you know, doing things in retirement. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's a, that's a huge deal. Sure. And these are the types of things that we're going to look at when we put together a plan. So we're going to look at your, your overall assets, your overall income sources like social security and pension. And then we're going to do an analysis to figure out what you're spending now and what your lifestyle is costing. And then we're going to add in some of the aspirational stuff that you want to do. And we're going to come to a cost and we're going to figure out, do your income and assets support that cost? And if so, great. Um, if not, here are some tweaks that you need to do to get there. And so that's, that's the peace of mind that we provide. And we have about four spots left. We would love to hear from you. All right, folks, it starts with that call, 800-705-9995. It's a comprehensive financial review, and if you've never done it before, it's no time like the present. Don't procrastinate. Simply make that phone call, 800-705-9995. You get a roadmap to, uh, you know, showing you where you are today, but also how you're going to get down the road on your road to retirement, 800-705-9995. 
800-705-9995. Listeners are very inquisitive, and we like that. We'll tackle your questions when we come right back. Back on the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Having a great conversation today, Steve. Goodness, we covered a lot of ground. But also, I mean, you know, with the really the world events going on, that's influencing the market. The market's, you know, doing what it does. And, you know, it seems like you're here for us to you know, just kind of, again, cut through the noise. Because if you look at media, you know, the, the mainstream media, you're you're getting gloom and doom all the time. Yeah, no, but I mean, in fairness, and this is one of the things that we we talked about a little bit earlier, you always have to look at what's their angle, right? So the media wants to get your eyeballs fixated on the TV so that it's easier for them to talk about uh, gloom and doom. And actually people will, people watch longer when it's, when it's about when they're, when someone's criticizing someone else, as opposed to talking about something good that they're doing. And so yes, right. I think if you think about that logically on, uh, on some of the TV stations that are out there, you, you, you start to understand the news, the news coverage a little bit better. Sure. 800-705-9995. And let's jump into some of these questions, Steve, while we've still got some time. And uh, let's see, Jerry is up first. Jerry says, I was born in 1956 and worked long enough uh, to draw some Social Security retirement benefits. Now, my spouse was born in 1954 and will be waiting until 70 to start collecting her retirement benefits. Now, if I draw my own benefit now, will it affect the amount of my spousal benefit benefit when I switch to that amount, which will be larger than my retirement benefit? Lots going on there. So, Jerry, uh, that's a great question. So if you're... um, so what you're talking about, well, one of the things that you're talking about is um, the reverse of that. So the reverse of that would have been if you were collecting the spousal benefit and then switched to your own deferred benefit. That was called the restricted application. That you can't do. What you're describing, you absolutely can do. It'll just, it'll switch to your spousal benefit um, once she starts collecting her social security. Okay. So, I mean, so he's doing the right thing and he's going at it the right way to, uh, to take advantage of that spousal benefit. That's a big deal for a lot of folks, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. And there used to be something, if you were born before 1954, you're still grandfathered in, in this case, both of them were born after 1954, sure. where you could collect the lower income, uh, spouse could start their social security. And then the higher income spouse could, uh, collect spousal benefit and defer their own social security benefit to 70 and then get a much larger social that's called the restricted application. But in order to be grandfathered in for that, you would have had to be born before 1954. All right. And, and again, the vast majority of people retiring these days, well, they've been born, they were born after that. I mean, the baby. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's been kind of phased out. The legislation was in 2016. Um, it, it grandfathered in, uh, uh, a handful of people for that, and they got got away with the file and suspend. Sure. All right. Uh, let's go to Grace. Uh, she says, I'm a divorced woman at 57. She lost her job due to the pandemic. 
She says, being eligible for retirement and having no family close by, I thought it was a good time to move from small-town Iowa to sunny, uh, sunny senior community. Unfortunately, I didn't think about what retirement would actually look like. Now I'm at a loss. The club's pickleball and other activities just don't do it for me after a 35-year managed management position. Now, is retirement a process, and how do I get a more fulfilling life? Yeah, so... This is a great question, Grace, and I, this is what one of the reasons we selected this question because this, I, I think Grace's situation is not uncommon here in Florida, right? Oh, sure. Um, and so, people come down here and from all all over the country, all over the world, really, and they assume that they're going to just love it, and you you jump into a huge financial commitment in one of these communities, uh, and then if you don't love it. Um, you're really kind of kicking yourself, especially if you laid out the money to purchase. So in general, whenever you're relocating, I, I, I would usually advise renting a year in the first, in the new location, just to make sure you like it. That's the neighborhood you want to live in. Um, because even if it's more expensive to buy it a year later, at least you have the peace of mind to know, Hey, look, this is where I definitely want to be. And a lot of times you don't know, um, you know, living in Iowa, you don't know, what neighborhood or what, what community you're going to want to live in, in Florida. And so until you get down here and, you know, not, not every community is for every person. And so um, now it's not too late to course correct because the good news is, um, you know, real estate, the real estate market is still pretty good. So I'm, I'm sure you can probably sell your place uh, probably 20 to 30% higher than where you bought it. Um, So, but that's something you'd want to sit down and, and put together a plan and, and do make that to type of decision in the context of a plan. Sure. I, I, I like your advice about, you know, go down there and check it out first, see if it is going to be the lifestyle that you want, because I mean, you know, I, there's certainly other things that she could be doing, but I understand the, uh, the frustration that she must have. Yeah, no. And, uh, you know, and different, you know, different people like, you know, you have to, there's different, there's different neighborhoods, I would say, or different communities that, are better for certain personality types. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, if you're a listener who's, who's retired down here to Florida, I think you know what I'm talking about. So, so um, yeah, so, you know, that it's, it's, and you're not going to necessarily know that from a brochure or, you know, um, if you're sitting in New York or New Jersey, looking at it online or Iowa in this case, um, you're not, you're not going to necessarily know that. Okay. Um, Let's see. We got time for one more here. Let's go to Emma. Uh, Emma's wondering what, which type of financial advisor should I consult to determine the optimal drawdown strategy to minimize taxes in retirement? Do some advisors specialize in drawdown versus the accumulation phase of retirement planning? Emma, let me just uh, stop Steve before he starts and say, just call Steve. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I do. And there is a, yeah, it's retirement distribution planners. And that's, um, you know, that's a, a true retirement distribution planner like myself uh, is going to offer independent objective advice that's not swayed by commissions and is going to specialize in how to minimize your taxes and produce you the income that you need for the fewest amount of dollars. And so that's exactly in a crux what uh, our planning process is all about. And um, we do have about three spots left. So we would encourage people to call and sit down with us. And, you know, if you're nervous about, um, you know, the, the unrest in the world, the inflation, if you just want to kind of 
take the temperature of where you're at and see, are you on pace to retire? Um, you know, I, I've been shocked. I've been like, I, like, we talk about this a long time. I've been doing retirement distribution planning specifically for over 20 years. Uh, I've been shocked at the the newer clients that I've been bringing in. How many of them, the first thing when I ask them, when do you, when do you see yourself retiring? And people say tomorrow. And that used to be something that people would kind of say in jest. And there's a there's a much more of a tinge of seriousness to it now. <laughs> exactly. Um, after the last couple of years and what we've been through. So sure. um, and I, I think, you know, I think that that's a lot of people out there listening. Sure so it it's good to have that roadmap and to sit down and see if it if you can retire, if you could walk away, um, even if you don't plan to do it tomorrow. Um, it's nice to know that you could if you needed to. And so what that that planning does is it gives you that peace of mind. 800-705-9995. There are still some spots available for you. Make that call. This is the last time today we're going to invite you to call 800-705-9995. Get a comprehensive financial review. Like Steve just said, if you're if you know, the way if the world at this moment and and the market and all of that is you know, confusing and feeling a little overwhelmed. Steve is the guy that you can go to and, and one, get a voice of calm, but two, make sure that you are on the right track for retirement. You've got nothing to lose. Give us a call. 800-705-9995. 800-705-9995. Steve, that was a great show today. I really enjoyed it. And and uh, again, some insight to things that uh, I, I didn't know. And I think the, the folks at home probably felt that too. Yeah, no, we love doing the show. We, we love our listeners, and uh, thanks for listening, and we'll be back here again next Sunday evening. The information on this program is educational in nature and is not intended to be a recommendation for any specific investment product, strategy, plan, or other purposes. Information presented is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of subjects discussed. Prior to making any investment or financial decisions, an investor should always seek advice from a financial, insurance, legal, or tax professional that takes into account all of the particular facts and circumstances of an investor's own situation. Laurel Wealth Solutions and or Stephen Caruso offer investment advisory and financial planning services through Bellpoint Asset Management, LLC, an investment advisor registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Registration with the SEC should not be construed to imply that the SEC has approved or endorsed qualifications or the services Bellpoint Asset Management offers, or that its personnel possesses a particular level of skill, expertise, or training. Coach P Radio.